Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. I believe that this month, we have a new series that we're starting today, and I'm super excited. So if you've been following us on, uh, on Instagram, we announced it, and it's called The Disciple. Everybody say The Disciple. The Disciple. The Disciple. Perfect. And I believe this is perfect. It's a perfect time to be going into the series. But before we just jump into it, let's just go ahead and pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we say thank you, God, for this opportunity to be here, God, uh, being in the Gap Church, God, to worship you in freedom, God. Uh, we just pray, Lord, that uh, your will be done. We pray, Heavenly Father, God, that you open uh, your children's hearts to receive their ears, to hear God. And I pray, Lord, even through this message, God, Holy Spirit, speak to each person, God. I pray, Heavenly Father, God, use me. I'm an empty vessel to be filled up and to be poured out, God. We say thank you, Heavenly Father, God, once again, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Cool, cool, cool. So, the disciple, the disciple. So, first off, I never really start off serious. I don't know how Mecca be doing this because, like, <laughs> it just be... <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't tell him I did that. <laughs> so uh, either way, I get the privilege of starting off this series, and I just want you guys to just have a, a, a peek into my mindset as I was preparing this message, because I was like, okay, when you think of disciples, and you think of discipleship, you think of like the 12 disciples, duh, like that's where you start off at. So oh, let's open our Bibles real quick to Luke 5, Luke 5, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 11, Luke 5, Luke 5, Luke 5. When you get there, just say, I'm there. Dang, that's how you guys know you're already looking at your phone. Uh, We're going to read from the New King James Version, Luke 5. So I'm going to read from, yeah, verse 1. So, so it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put a little from the land, put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes. Now I'm going to skip to verse uh, 9. It says, For he and all who were with him were astonished. So basically what just happened is that Jesus did a miracle. They didn't want to put their nets in the, in the in, you know, they've been, they've been fishing all night. Nothing was coming out. And Jesus says, hey, throw your net into the, into the sea. And what happens is they throw it in, and then there's a whole bunch of fish that come out. And they're like, wow. So verse 9, For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish which they had taken. And also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And it says this, and Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. I'm sure a lot of us know that. I'll make you fishers of men, right? I'm sure we know that scripture. And verse 11 says, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Cool. Y'all get that? Y'all got it? Cool. We're going to move on to the next scripture. Because I'm building what I, what, what I had to go through. So... We're going to now go to Luke 6, Luke 6, and we're going to read from verse 12 to 13. Luke 6, verse 12 to 13. Luke 6, let me know when you guys are there. Man, y'all so fast. <laughs> now, verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from then he chose 12, whom he also named apostles. All right, cool. So, bless the reading of the Lord's word. 
And so basically what was happening here and, and what was going through my mind is, of course, we started off with the first instance of Jesus ever calling disciples or calling people to follow him. Let's just say that. Now, in this scripture, what's happening is that Jesus is going up the day before. He goes up to a mountain and he goes to pray. He's going to pray because obviously he has to make a big decision. Who is going to be the people that are my disciples, who are going to be following me everywhere I go? So when I read this a couple of times, I was like, okay, you know, you know, after that, you know, it says he called Peter, Andrew, James, all these people, right? But I read it again. And the second time I read it, it's like something stuck out like a sore thumb to me. It said, verse 13, and when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from then he chose 12, whom he also named apostles. Now, what stuck out to me was this. It says he called his disciples to himself. He called his disciples himself. Now, historically, and I'm sure since we were kids, and if you ever learn about disciples, we always know that there's how many disciples? All right, that's good. We're on the same page. Well, we're about to scrap that because here's what it says. It says, he called his disciples, and from his disciples, he chose 12 apostles. So what's happening here is that Jesus had more disciples than 12. But from the, from the multitude, he chose 12 to be his apostles. And why is this important? Because as I begin to, 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 to press on, what, what God started to reveal to me is that, you know, in Christianity, in our walk with Christ, there's always this aspect of following Christ. Everyone knows about salvation, right? You give your life to Christ, right? And there's a yes that comes with that. If you want to give your life to Christ, say yes. Cool, you're in a relationship with him. And then there's another yes that people don't necessarily talk about that much. And this is the yes that a lot of believers find themselves chasing after. And this is the yes of purpose and calling. Yeah. Right? After you become a believer, you're trying to be who you're supposed to be in Christ. Right? But what God started to expose to me was that in that, there's a gap. No pun intended. You see, we have idolized the fact that there's a start point. And here's the thing. We just think that from where we start, I give my life to Christ. I say yes to you, God, John 3, 16. We now are at some point will now end up on a platform or in our calling. That's the two aspects of it. It's either really here or over here. And what God starts to show me was that, you know, it's not necessarily like that. Because here's the thing. If you just think it's this and that. How do you know if you're, like, how do you know where you're really supposed to be? So if you don't want to be on the platform, are you just going to be here? And if you don't want to be a followership, on, on, on just a follower of Christ, and just, you know, yes, I give my life to Christ, and you just want to be on the platform or doing this or doing that for God, does that mean you're being too prideful? Or does that mean that you're just going to force your way to the top? And God started to reveal to me that in this, in that gap, this is where being a disciple falls into. And there's this saying that a lot of people say, and, I, and, and as I was preparing this, God just revealed to me that in our walk, if you're taking notes of my title, cliche, uh, there are levels to this. There are levels to this. You see, for the longest, we have thought to ourselves that, hey, Jesus only had 12. Jesus only had 12 that was close to him. Keep your circle, keep him, keep him small, you know? But the truth is, 
Jesus' whole life, he had followers, disciples, and apostles. Followers, disciples, and apostles. Unfortunately, all we ever hear about is the followers and the apostles, or we call them disciples. But the truth is, his whole life, he had multiple disciples that were doing the work. And here's the thing. I believe that there's some people who are operating as if they want to be apostles, but they're really a follower. And there's some people who are in a position of apostleship, but have the, the walk of a follower. And what happens is that they've been confused because here's the thing. They, they, just, they were just taught that, okay, once I give my life to Christ, I join the worship team, and then from then I just somehow blow up. But truly, they were never taught that there's a middle aspect that, hey, that middle aspect, you may not even have to be an apostle. You can just be in that aspect and still fulfill your calling. So what are these levels? What, 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 What does it look like to be a follower, to be a disciple, to be an apostle? Well, I'm going to tell you guys. (laughs) So the first thing, number one, a follower. Because there's the thing, as I'm going through these, these levels, I want you guys to be able to see yourself, I know it's going to be a little bit hard, you might see yourself in some of these these levels and realize that you're not where you're supposed to be. So to be a follower, what does a follower mean? I think most generally when I think of a follower, I think of like Instagram, Twitter. So when you follow somebody on Instagram, you may not really know them, let's be real. So if I follow Justin Bieber or I follow Maverick City, Chandler Moore, I don't really know them, but I support them. They, I love what they're doing. I love that they're doing some great things for the kingdom. You know, I like their post. I reshare their post. You know, I send them DMs, but they don't read it. Let's be real. <laughs> Fire emojis. <laughs> you know, I do all that. That's, that's, what it, that's what being a follower is, you know. I do all these things, but I may not get the reciprocation back. But here's the thing. I still follow them. I know what's happening in their life. And, you know, of course, some of us follow people just to keep tabs on them, but that's another story. Um, But why is this important? Because here's the thing. Followership is free. Anyone can be a follower. Even if you have salvation, the truth is that this is how you know. This is why people who are uh, atheists know of Jesus, know everything in the Bible, because they follow him. Follow him. And here's the thing. Some of us in here could just be followers. And why is it easy to be a follower? Because I know this sounds bad the more I explain it, but the truth is that being a follower is really easy. Because here's the thing, there's no ties. There's no commitment. You do what you want to do. So some days you want to go to the gathering, some days you don't have to. Some days you come to church only if your friend's coming. If you come early, it's because that special person's there. You know, you only come to deeper night if you really want to get that deep. So there's no commitment, there's no sacrifice, there's no discipline, it's just vibes. It's just vibes. Some days you feel like praying, some days you don't. Because here's the thing, God knows that I gave him my yes, he has my heart, sort of, but you know, I'm working on it. I'm not perfect, I'm progressing. You know, we use that a lot. And the truth is, that's what a follower is, because here's the thing. There's no ties. You can do what you want to. Just show up and call it a day and leave, and no one's going to ask you questions. There's no expectation, right? And you'll be fine with that. A lot of believers are just followers, because here's the thing. They're comfortable. 
they ain't got a checkup of what's happening in their life. They don't worry about what's happening in the church. I get my meal and I leave and I go back to my wild in life, you know? That's how it is. And I want us to turn the scripture to John 6, 1 to 3, because I want you to realize that this is biblical. Being a follower is a biblical thing. John 6, 1 to 3. See, it's a very simple thing because people don't understand that in the scripture this whole time, Jesus was really just telling us what the levels were. We just didn't really see it. See, it says this, 6, verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Here's the thing, verse 2. Followers, then a great multitude followed him. But here's what's funny. Because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. So here's the thing. You see what God is doing for other people, so you come to the Gap Church. You see what he did for your brother, so you follow him. You, you, for your brother, so you follow, the, you follow your brother to church now. You see that God, the Gap Church is, is popping, so I got to be there. Because you see what God is doing for others. It may not be for you, but you see what he's doing, so you just go there. And now you become a gapper. Oh, you go to that church? Wow. I know, man. It's crazy, bro. Like, <sighs> God really be moving, bro. Like, I ain't going to lie. I ain't, felt, I ain't felt nothing like that in a while, bro. Like, uh, like it's just the presence, bro. It's, 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 it's just so like, uh, what's that word? It's just, I feel it, bro. I feel it. Right. But here's what it says in verse 3. It says, Jesus went up a hill and sat down with his disciples. So here's the thing. The followers don't get that much access to Jesus. When you're a follower, you ain't, you're not going to get that access that you're looking for. Because here's the thing. You're just a part of the multitude. Everyone's following Jesus. Imagine people were following Jesus because they heard of what he did. All the things that he was doing. He fed this. He was doing all of these. But here's the thing. They were just following him just so they could just see him. So they can be a part of the movement. There's a big crowd walking. Let's be honest. What do we do? We turn and walk with the crowd. What's happening? That's the reality of what was happening with Jesus, that there was followers that were just following him just because they saw what he was doing. So that's a follower. Now, the next level is a disciple. Everybody say, a disciple. disciple. Now, it gets a little bit crazier now. You see, the thing about a disciple is, because here's, here's all I want you guys to understand is that, when you're a follower, you can have an encounter. You can have an encounter with Christ. When you're a follower, you can have an encounter with Christ. I'll give you a good example. Uh, the woman with the issue of blood. She, she had an encounter with Christ. She, saw, she followed him so she can get her healing. But here's the thing. What makes, what, what makes you a disciple is when the encounter is met with action. The encounter is met with action. You see what happens? Is that a lot of people, they get what they need from God. They get the scholarship after praying. They get the connection. They get the job. And what happens is that they leave. How many people did Jesus heal that they left? They left. He left them in a better place than he met them. That's cool. But here's the thing. They didn't make the next step. Because here's the thing, the next step is what comes to discipleship. You're now a disciple when you take the encounter, you've been changed, something happened to you, and now you want to do something greater and say, what is this? What happened to me? I need to know more about what happened to me. Why did God do this for me? 
or what, what is this thing? What is this faith? That is what happens when it becomes, when you're becoming a disciple, is that you actually take the next step from your encounter. You see, you have to realize that there's a commitment level needed to be a disciple. And, and as, I was, as I was researching disciple, I'm going to pull out my phone because there's a, there's a, it's crazy. I didn't even know this is what it meant. But I researched like the Latin, you know, I don't really speak Spanish or Latin like that, but I researched what the meaning of it was. And it's amazing. Please do not laugh at my pronunciations of these words. But um, in general, uh, disciple comes from this. It comes from desir. Desir means to learn. It means to learn. Now, in, in, in New Latin, it's discipulus, which means learner. So in essence, a disciple is someone who's ready to learn. Someone who's ready to, to, to learn more about what happened and who's ready to learn more about the scripture. That's why if, if, if you see the scripture, and I want us to turn to Matthew 5, verse 1. Matthew 5, verse 1. Matthew 5, verse 1. Because I believe that all these, all these things are biblical, guys. All these things are biblical. It says here, Matthew 5, verse 1. It says, and this is the same scripture, but just another translation. It says, and seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Verse 2, then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying. And what's amazing, guys, is this. This is before Jesus ever named the 12 disciples. So this is the multitude of disciples he was with here. And what happens is that he, he takes himself away from the followers. He goes up to this mountain. And what's amazing is this. For the next five chapters, Jesus is teaching some of his fire's messages. His, his teach, he's just teaching them. Bangers after banger. You can look in the scripture because that's the Beatitudes. So what's happening is that on this mountain, these disciples are just learning things from Jesus. They're learning. They're learning about anger, divorce. The things, how to handle people, what, what's expected of them. Because here's the thing, as a disciple, you are in a posture of just receiving. You're just in a posture of receiving. And here, here's the thing, it's okay to be in that. Can we, can we stop making it seem like it's bad to just be in that position? It's okay. There's a season in your life that you have to be chiseled, that you have to be refined, that you have to learn some of these things. Because that's what discipleship is about. Because here's the thing. What's next? You don't even know what's next. So what's just being a posture of receiving what all Jesus has to give to you right now? You see, after, I want you to, uh, Matthew 10. Let's go to Matthew 10. I got a lot of scripture here. So we're not going to read anything, but in Matthew 10 specifically, like I said, he mentions the number of how many apostles he wants, right? But what I want you guys to realize is this. As, you're, as, as, as you are on this road to being a disciple, or if you're a disciple, you have to realize it's not going to be nice. Because here's the thing. A follower is what? Free. So there's a little bit of change when it comes to discipleship that's needed. You might have to pay a certain price. And that's why a lot of people stay away. Here's the thing. A lot of Christians, they tiptoe between right about to be a disciple and then going back to being a follower because they see the price that's, that's, that's required. They see a price that's required to being a disciple. And here's the thing. With that price, there's beauty in it. But just know the price is hefty. Luke 14, Luke 14, 
26 to 27, Luke 14, 26 to 27. We're going to read that scripture real quick. Because I believe in this scripture, Jesus bluntly tells us, bro, to follow me, to be a disciple, (laughs) it's not that easy. It says here, verse 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear my cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You see, Jesus is walking with followers and turns around and is like, bro, if you guys really want to be a disciple, I want you to understand that your priorities are going to have to be in check. I want you to, have to, I want you to understand that there's certain things that you, it has to be to the level that you deny yourself. Here's the thing. It's one thing to deny the people that born you, but to deny yourself is a whole nother level. And here's, here's what's important I want you guys to realize. He says, you have to be willing to bear the, bear the cross. A lot of people don't realize what bearing the cross means. That means you have to be willing that there may be, like back then, this was a situation, you have to realize that this commitment to being a disciple is so crazy, and there's a sacrifice to it that you may have to carry your cross to your death. You may have, you have to be comfortable, if you cannot be comfortable carrying that cross up the steps. I remember I was in Jerusalem and those steps are high. It's a lot. If you cannot carry your cross up, bro, don't even commit to this. Because here's the thing, that's what's expected to be a disciple, to leave it all. It says this in the end of the scripture in verse 33, Luke 14, 33, it says, so likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. All he has. Jesus even says in here, please count the cost. Count the cost, please. Count the cost before you even sign up. Because the cost, (laughs) if you don't count it, what's going to happen is that you're going to start building the building and you're not going to have enough resources to finish it. That's what he's saying. Count the cost. Now, in being a disciple, you have to understand that because the, the first step I realize that a lot of us do, like I said, is like in Matthew 5, we drop our nets and we follow Christ. We know that there's something greater. And then now we become a disciple, right? We become a disciple. Hopefully we do, right? And we're learning these things. But then there's this situation where now you guys know that there's an apostle, right? So where does an apostle come into play? Because that kind of sounds kind of mighty. That's kind of, kind of scary. An apostle. You see, when an apostle is, is something that the disciples look to. Now, what's amazing is that we call the 12 disciples disciples because here's the thing. Just because you're leveled up doesn't mean you're, you can't learn anymore. So as an apostle, what happens is this. There's a greater sacrifice, and you want to know why? Because you're being sent out. You're being a representative now. You see, as a disciple, you can take all the in. You can learn everything, but as an apostle, you have to be sent out. So when Jesus was choosing the apostles, he chose 12 out of the disciples. Why? Because here's the thing. They were the ones that were going to be sent out. And here's the thing. An apostle may be on the stage like this. It may be in your work field. But here's the thing. The sacrifice is more for where you're going to be in. 
there's a, the cost is even greater. Because here's the thing, you represent Jesus. You are the Jesus of some people. So you are the logo head. When people see and are trying to look, we let's be real, guys. We, we live in a culture where people are more infatuated with the people representing Jesus than Jesus. Let's be real. And that's why the cost is even greater because here's the thing. Some people are going to come to Christ because of what you do, because of who you are, because of what you represent. And that's why the cost is even greater because what they say, the higher you go, the, the, the higher the fall. Is that, I think that's how it is, right? Yeah. Was <laughs> it the harder? The hard, thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. I went to a Christian school, so. <laughs> you see, when you are an apostle, you're basically a sheep among wolves. You're a sheep among wolves. Why? Because when you're a disciple, you can come to the gathering, be with your peers, have your house meetings, have good fellowship, you know, chill, do what you want to do. You're growing in Christ together, but you're now as apostle being sent out to proclaim something. So that means you can be sent out just on this altar. You can be sent out to another country, sent out to your workplace. But here's the thing. You're not being sent out to be cute. You're being sent out for a reason. There's a mission attached to your sending out. And here's the thing, if you don't, that's why I want us to realize that, please, don't be trying to jump into apostleship so fast. <laughs> please, if you need to stay and be a, a disciple, I want you guys to realize it's the whole, Jesus' whole journey, his whole ministry, what, three years, right? Three years. The disciples, Peter, I'll give you an example, Peter, was not walking out like that, just doing crazy stuff. He was still a disciple. He was coming back. He was, he was being poured into, and then what we see in the book of Acts is now he takes full, full authority of now being an apostle. And here's the beautiful thing. Before he actually was really walking it out, he was already called an apostle. So what that means is that you, Jesus can tell you what you're going to be, but don't jump into it so quick. Because here's the thing, you're assigned for a time and a season, right? Like Pastor Gabriel said, you're assigned for a time and a season. And if you jump ahead, what happens? What if Peter was trying to do all he was doing while Jesus was alive? But you see, by the time Peter actually was stepping out, proclaiming, evangelizing, what happened is that he had been through all the lessons, the correction. He had gone through the grief of betraying Jesus. Those things shifted his character. So now what happens is that he's walking and people are being killed by a shadow. He's doing Jesus-like things. And here's the thing. The closer you are to Jesus, what? The more you start to look like him. So here's the thing. When you're a disciple, stay in it for a little bit longer. Because by the time you become an apostle, you want to make sure you're looking a lot like Jesus. Paul calls himself a prisoner because as an apostle, you're basically a prisoner of this gospel. That's the, you see, it goes, a disciple is, is basically leave everything, leave everything, forsake everything. But as an apostle, you're chained. You're chained. You're going to get whipped. 
we look at some of the apostles in the Bible, and unfortunately they have some crazy endings, beheadings, killings. Because the cost is greater. Your life is really on the line the moment you step out and are being sent forth. And why am I saying all this? Because I want you guys to realize that y'all don't got to be confused anymore. You can step into being a disciple. This is what this series is going to be about, honestly, guys, is what it takes to be a disciple. We always talk about what it takes to be a follower, what it takes to know your calling, your purpose. But the truth is that, can we just focus on being a disciple first? Because a lot of us are in that followership stage, and I believe that God is calling us to now be a disciple. A lot of us have been empowered to jump into our calling, but for some reason, we're not really there yet. There's a reason why you're not really there yet, because there's still some more things you need to learn. There's still some refinery that's needed. And it's okay. Don't be afraid of that. Don't feel embarrassed by that. It's because God is calling you to the next season of being a disciple now. He's calling you to now sacrifice just a little bit more. He's calling you for more time with him because that's what being a disciple is, praying more, being more disciplined in your daily walk. In your discipleship, that's where you start to shift your family. Because here's the thing. If you can't shift your family, how are you going to shift the world? And I know every family is different, but here's the thing. A lot of times, if you're not, imagine trying to jump and shift the world, and you haven't really shifted the people around you. And that's what being a disciple is about. You see, we're too casual. Let's be real. We're too casual right now. Since Power Night, we've been casual. Let's be real. And we've been cute. But I believe it's time for us to, 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 go, to go out for more, to do more, to do more, right? To go out into the community, to have better fellowship, to come to the gathering. <laughs> what, thank you, Kennedy. Let's start from there. <laughs> but like I said, I believe that this message is for people who have been worried, who God has been tugging their heart a little bit more. I need you to do more. I know there's more inside of you. And you're not, you're not ready for this yet. You're not ready to be sent forth. There's a lot of us that are like that. Times are shifting. We just graduated from college. We're still in school. We're trying to make an impact. Our prayer life has increased. But we're not ready to really be out there like that. It's okay. Because I know you've been told that it's either here or here. But I want you guys to know that there's a here. There's a middle. And in the middle is Okay. And God is calling you to be in the middle right now. Not in a lukewarm aspect, but in a learning aspect. So, I want us to bow our heads real quick. I believe there's two groups in here. And I'm going to pray for these two groups. So, the first group, and I want you to raise your hand if this is you. So, you have the hunger to grow. You've been looking for God to lead you to what's next. And you want him to put you on the right pathway. Who is that? Just raise your hand. Good, good, good. Perfect. Hands down. The second group is this. You've been a follower. <laughs> We've all been a follower, let's be honest. Or let's say you want to become a follower. 
and you want to make that first step, or let's say you've had to make that step before, but you want to rededicate your life so that you can be put on the right path, just go ahead and raise your hand real quick. Thank you. Let's just pray real quick. Heavenly Father, God, there's two groups in here, God, that have been here for a reason. They're here for a reason, God, because a lot of us in here, we want to grow. We want to become better. <laughs> We've been feeling a tug on our hearts to go deeper. We know there's been a call upon our lives, but it doesn't look too clear right now. And we want to go deeper and deeper and deeper. God, help us to be a disciple, God. Lead us on the pathway to be a disciple, Heavenly Father, God. Lead us, Lord. Heavenly Father, God, teach us, show us, refine us, Lord. We are ready. We're saying yes to the next step. We're saying yes. Teach us what it looks like to be a disciple for you, God. And Heavenly Father, God, we also pray for those that once were followers or who want to follow you, God even if they're online. Heavenly Father, God, I pray, Lord, that you put them on the right path, Lord, of what it truly looks like to follow you. It's okay to be a follower. But here's the thing. Once that encounter hits, let's make the next step. So Heavenly Father, God, we decree, Lord, a blanket of leadership, a blanket, God, of, of comfort, a blanket, God, of peace upon this congregation, Lord. And Heavenly Father, we bless your name because we know truly it's happening, God. In my name, just we pray. Amen. 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 Can we give a shout of praise for God? Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.